Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. On this episode of The Fieldhouse Files, I'll be joined by former Pacer Damian Rudej from Croatia as we catch up on life his recent decision to retire, and we'll look back on his one season here in Indianapolis. And welcome into the Fieldhouse Files, the podcast where I take you behind the scenes with the Pacers, talk to individuals on and around the team, and tell you what you need to know. This episode will feature a former Pacer, as last week Damo announced that it was, quote, Time to retire from the game that gave me everything. Well, he's 35 and has been playing professional basketball since he's a teenager. That's what you do overseas, not here in the U.S., but certainly do overseas. And Larry Bird brought him to the NBA in 2014, helping him realize a dream of his since Damo had when he was seven. But it lasted just one year in Indianapolis with the Pacers because Bird dealt him to Minnesota for Chase Buttinger, who didn't pan out is now playing professional volleyball, and yes, he's crushing it, but that trade was a poor one. And with the season Damo had had, adjusting to the NBA game, the need for shooters and the value of shooters, and the fact that he was just getting started, I didn't understand it, and I still don't. Damo was shooting 41% from three-point range. He played in Minnesota for a year, that was eh, and then signed and reunited with Frank Vogel the following season, his third year in the NBA. I was also pleasantly surprised to see the number of Pacers, current staff members, former players who reached out to Damo after his announcement. And so, yeah, he was in Indy just such a short time, but he clearly left a lasting impact and has created lifelong friends, which we'll also get into. I immediately texted him because I was like, look, we got to have you on the show to discuss this. This is a tough decision, one that I know did not come easily, and he sat on for a little bit to make sure it was a permanent one, but... We finally were able to make it work, me and Indy and Damo in Croatia. That's a six-hour time difference, and we got it done once his newborn daughter was fast asleep. By the way, last time I had him on the podcast was in July of 2018 as the Croatia soccer team surprisingly reached the World Cup final. So we talked about that. That was episode 85 if you want to go back through the archives. You can follow all my coverage at fieldhousefiles.com, subscribe, And all my stories will be delivered right to your inbox. And if you're in the market for Pacer tickets, your first stop should be at Only Indy Tickets. They have tickets for the hard-to-get games when the box office is sold out. And the Pacers have home games coming up against the Lakers and Warriors. So you'll want to check into those quickly. Check out Only Indy Tickets for great deals for many of the weeknight games as well. And then you'll want to come back for Colts, for Butler, Fever Tickets, Anything else going on in the area here in Indianapolis? Just punch in OnlyIndyTickets.com and enjoy the game. Now, here's my conversation with former Pacer Damian Rudej. Damo joining me from back home in Croatia. What was this last week like for you, Damo, as you made your announcement, made it public, and uh, you're done with basketball? At least you're playing yeah. part of your career. 
Yeah, well, you know, it was a decision I was sitting on for a while. I played my last game in uh, in May of last season. Uh, and, you know, I kind of felt that inside feeling that it might be my last game. Um, just in terms of the the level of uh, dedication that I had toward practice and uh, the motivation I had for it, uh, I felt like it's no longer there at 110% where it should be, uh, where it was my whole career. And, you know, that's what got me to to do things that I did, did during my career. And that's what kind of kept, kept me sharp and uh, gave me that confidence. I was always the type of player that, you know... Um, I got my confidence from the extra work that I put in and, you know, and since the energy for doing all that extra work was no longer really there, um, it kind of manifested on the way I played and, you know, just the overall feeling that I had on the court and uh, not that I was playing bad necessarily, but just, you know, the the, the, the inside feeling wasn't really good and I kind of felt like, uh, uh, you know, if I'm not going to give it 110% uh, like I'm used to, uh, maybe it's you know time to look in another direction. And physically, I felt fine. I'm st- I f- still feel okay. I'm pretty much in shape. I you know I play with my friends uh, a couple of times a week. And uh, but it was just that uh, question of responsibility toward your everyday job and uh, being a professional and something that I took a lot of pride in uh, my whole career. And uh, now I really felt like uh, you know I don't want to do it halfway. Uh, and there's, you know, uh, other things that I can dedicate myself to now uh, to prepare my my post career life. Uh, you know, basically the, the rest of my the rest of my life, and uh, and I kind of reached that decision uh, pretty pretty easy. I mean, it's never never really easy to to announce it because you know once it's out there, it's done, and there's no going back on it. But uh, I really feel comfortable and happy with the decision I made. Uh, just you know, uh, usually you have to follow your hunch and that you know instinct and that inside feeling, and uh, that's what I did there. It seems like you kind of came to this conclusion a couple months ago, but it did take a little bit to finally announce it. Is that right? And, and it sounds like you've come to peace with the decision as well. Yeah, 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 absolutely. I mean, I was close to announcing it a couple of times, but then I was like, you know, maybe I'll just give it a couple more weeks, see if, you know, any interesting <laughs> offers come out that kind of, uh, you know, uh, maybe motivate me or, uh, I don't know, give me give me another perspective on, on the situation. But uh, nothing really interesting shook out, and I, I kept following my – uh, you know, emotional state and my mind flow, and uh, and not in one point that I was did I feel like oh uh, you know I need to get back in it or you know I gotta start practicing twice a day twice a day again and stuff like that. Just you know, uh, like I said, the overall body of work that you gotta put in every day in order to be sharp and uh, operating at all cylinders. Um, it just you know the juice wasn't there for me, uh, and uh, and that's that. That's what made it easy, uh, and you know, announcing it and just calling it, mm-hmm. uh, calling it like it is. Yeah, and when you know it, you know it, I, I suppose. And so that's awesome. And one thing that fans may not be aware of is you had a, a big life event here recently too, becoming a father. I'm curious how much maybe reassessing your priorities with your wife and, and with her impacted us. yeah yeah well absolutely you know if, as a professional during my career i played 12 years abroad um overall i mean in different cities different continents uh, i was really fortunate and blessed enough to to play in different countries and you know life in basketball had really taken me around the world a couple of times uh and now i reached a part of my life when i'm you know 35 and 
we have a little baby daughter and uh, obviously you know it wasn't a, a key part of the decision but it also added to the equation uh, you know of just kind of wanted to settle down a little bit and being at home after all those years abroad and um, for sure it had it, it had some effect in my in my decision so you haven't played in in quite a while in several months what's been keeping you busy what have you gotten into are there other areas you think you'll you know take up golf or anything like that what's what's next for you Buck? <laughs> well you know I, if, if I was living in the states that would probably be my my first choice but since <laughs> you know golf is not really big here uh in croatia and i never really picked up on it a lot uh i uh well actually i enrolled enrolled in a coaching academy um and hoping to get my degree in coaching and uh, my license so uh that's definitely one direction that i'm looking in um i also had a good fortune of being invited to croatian national television to uh, help broadcast some of the games uh you know when we had nba in our on our national television uh, so broadcasting was definitely, you know, very, very fun for me and something that I would like to, uh, also do in the future. Uh, but just looking in different directions, you know, really, um, kind of, uh, going to, going to that coaching academy, uh, takes up part of my day. Then also, you know, family and friends and, you know, just, uh, making up for all the, all the lost time that, that I wasn't at home and a day goes by really quickly. So, you know, I, I didn't want to get myself in a situation where I would just be sitting at home and wondering, you know, what, what to do next with my life. Not that that's bad. Mm-hmm. Um, that's also a phase that you got to go through, but I kind of wanted to, you know, get a jump on things and, uh, you know, fill my day with, with obligations and, and kind of make the most of it and preparing for, you know, uh, for what's next. And that's so true. You have to make so many sacrifices to play at the level in which you were playing at and, and be a pro and traveling around and missing family time and, and those sorts of things. The interesting thing to me, too, is it's looking back kind of your time with the Pacers and, and that kind of group. Jan Mihimi, for example, announcing his retirement in July. And I think C.J. Miles is still trying to play, but he hadn't been in the league for over over a year. And, and that's kind of the right. core group that you played with here in Indy. Yeah, not only that, but those are the guys that are, you know, I think similar to my generation just in terms of years, I think Jan and me are born the same year. CJ is around that time too. I mean, born in '86, uh, some, something like that. So, uh, you know, I mean, it's never easy. Uh, it wasn't even easy for me. So, I can definitely, I definitely know what those guys uh, went through, uh, and you know, the state of mind they were in. Especially if you're feeling okay physically. You know, a lot of guys always say. And that's the advice I would always get from older guys that stop playing. Like, hey, you got to ride it out till the wheels fall off and stuff like that. But, you know, each path is individual and everyone has a different journey. And I, I kind of, you know, like I said, followed that inner feeling and, and went with my gut. And uh, once I saw that, you know, the dedication wasn't there 100% anymore. Because, uh, like you said, Scott, you know, as professionals, you got to be all in. And that's the only way to, you know, do anything. And uh, that was the, you know, my MO for uh, ever since I started playing. And uh, now things are just different. Uh, and, you know, I just I just rolled roll with it. Larry Bird brought you to here to Indy in 2014. It was just one season. But I was reading, Tom, through your um, mentions, and there were so many people affiliated with the franchise that in just a short time you've clearly impacted from the training staff to – CT, who's now running the Mad Ants, and and other players out there, that's got to be meaningful to you, right? No, it's so meaningful. I can't even tell you. I mean, you obviously mentioned CT, really one of my my friends, uh, a guy I consider my my friend because we keep in touch, you know, even when it's not uh, a matter of special occasions like this, like this one. And I'm so happy to see him doing well with the Mad Ants. Definitely a guy that, uh, you know, I I spent a lot of time during my time in Indy. 
uh he was working for the pacers back then and now he's he's on a great career path and you know i wish him nothing but the best i'm sure the great things are ahead of him um uh, but also you know the whole pacer family i mean i can't even tell you the amount of texts that i was getting from you know pacers fan from china from brazil uh from all around the world really i felt really overwhelmed with messages and blessed uh, a lot of former teammates reached out you know cj watson one of the favorite guys that nice. I used to play with, uh, you know, my guy from the second second unit uh, that would feel, feed me all the passes for my three-pointers. Uh, really guy that, that I enjoyed playing with a lot. George Hill, who was really my, one of my closest friends on the team that year. Uh, Jan Mahimi, like you mentioned. So it was a close, really tight-knit group. Uh, unfortunately, that year we didn't make the playoffs because we lost the last game of the season away in Memphis. Uh, that was the game that, you know, could have taken us to the playoffs. But uh, overall, my experience in Indy was a dream come true, and uh, I really felt, um, uh, you know, terrible and crushed after getting traded because I felt like I found my place in Indy, and I was really getting along with everyone over there, and the culture really suited me. Uh, I felt like it's, you know, my type of place, and that they really appreciate what I'm doing, uh, and also having a great relationship still with, you know, uh, f- with Frank Vogel, who was a coach back then, who later on brought me to Orlando, and Kevin Pritchard, who I still talk to, uh, you know, to this day. And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't even have to mention the, the significance of Larry Bird and the whole story, sure. uh, having to play for, for, for that guy, uh, you know, for his franchise and him coming up to me after my workout and telling me that they want to sign me. I mean, those are the things that, you know, I'm going to have uh, engraved in my, in my memories for a lifetime, for sure. You talked to Larry at all in the last couple of years? He's very quiet, uh, has remained away from Indy for much of the time. So I'm curious if you've spoken with him. No, no, not personally. Unfortunately, uh, you know, we don't keep in touch, but uh, I try to keep up with whatever happens in, in Indy. Yeah. And uh, I saw that, you know, he, he lives, he doesn't live there anymore and he spends a lot of time on his on his ranch, right, I think, or something like that. Um, or he has an estate somewhere. Yeah, they're uh, in, down in, in sunny the, Florida, both of those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, can you blame him, you know? Not Life in Florida all. is good. I've seen it firsthand, uh, you know, <laughs> the sun, the sea. Uh, I'm sure he, he got tired of, of the cold from Boston and Indy uh from his whole life so you know now that he's a little older i'm sure he wants to enjoy the sun and uh, but yeah i don't i don't keep in touch with him but you know obviously larry bird being a huge part of my career and, and my life guy who changed my life and my whole career trajectory uh, i can't really go through a, a regular interview about my career without you know mentioning his name or being asked about him i mean it's uh second to none you know one thing, though, that was unfortunate was he did ultimately deal you after one year because, admittedly, it, it took you a minute to adjust to that three-point line. I remember having discussions about that, but you ended up being the top three-point shooter among rookies and were kind of just hitting your stride, I think, by the end of that season. And you're right. It was a tough one because Paul had that injury, and I think by then you had already signed. And so PG only played in the final six games and, and even got re-injured uh, with, a, I think it was a calf strain in that final game. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> It's yeah, funny yeah, how you did. remember I mean, those little things. You know, PG, unfortunately, getting injured for him uh, opened up a lot of space for me because, you know, that led to, you know, Solomon Hill, me and CJ Miles kind of, you know, splitting up those minutes. And I got the chance to showcase my ability my first season in the NBA, which is, I think, what ultimately, uh, you know, led me to staying in the league for three years because, you know, Frank uh, and those guys, they could see what I could do, that I could shoot the ball, that I'm, a, you know, a dedicated pro and a team player. And, you know, I kind of found my niche over there. And, mm-hmm. uh, 
I was fortunate enough to, you know, make it through a season with the with the Timberwolves, which was also, uh, you know, a big experience for me, having the chance to share the locker room with Kevin Garnett, the Hall of Famer, and you know, many other fantastic guys, and then ultimately, you know, finishing off in Orlando with Aaron Gordon and you know uh, Nikola Vucevic, and also again playing for Frank Vogel, whose system, you know, really, really. Uh, uh, suited me perfectly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really loved playing for him and knew the system inside out. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was kind of you know devastating for me getting traded, and it really felt like I spent more time in Indy than I actually did. Right, I uh, completely agree. Feels like three or four years. Yeah, it definitely did. I mean, I definitely saw myself. You know, I'll, I'll never forget the exit interviews that I had uh, after that first season. I really felt like uh, you know I'm being appreciated and uh, like I'm going to stay there for quite some time, but. You know, it's the nature of the business of the NBA, and that's just how the league works. I'm not, you know, nor the first or the last player that got traded uh, not expecting it. And, you know, uh, Larry and KP did a business decision, and, you know, that's just how the league works. And uh, that was something that uh, really felt hard for me, um, and it took me a while to kind of, you know, process it. Uh, but, you know, ultimately, I, I look at my season with the Pacers in terms of, like, you know, smile because it happened. Yeah. Uh, type situation not you know cry because it's over uh and it took me some while to to kind of uh start looking at it that way but looking back it was really uh you know once in a lifetime experience because in an organizational sense in terms of basketball culture it it was really on another level that uh, than any other team i ever had a chance to play for in my career yeah and in your um announcement talking about the trade was the most Interesting thing, at least on my front, you go, and this is translated, but for me, it was a complete shock and disbelief, one of the most painful and worst phases of my career. I felt like I belonged to the Pacers, and I had to get acquainted with the harsh reality of the NBA, and I was like, yeah, that was tough. That was tough for you, and unfortunately, it it didn't pan out for the Pacers because they would have been better off keeping you, but I thought that was a telling phrase from you. Uh, yeah, well, I still feel like that up till today. But like I said, you know, there's there's not much uh, I could have done at the moment. Just you know, trying to uh, maintain my focus on the, on a situation with the Timberwolves and trying to you know make a name for myself over there. Uh, trying to play well when I ever had, uh, whenever I the opportunity presented itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, if you want to you know talk about a perfect match, I want to say in terms of uh, the structure, the 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 system, the culture of the organization. Uh, you know, I really felt like uh, the whole situation over there with the Pacers, the way, you know, people uh, talk to each other, the way, you know, I was respected for the work that I was putting in. And uh, that really kind of suited me. And I felt like I found my place there that I never again really found with any other team uh, up to that, you know, t- uh, not up to that level uh, in that amount. Uh, but, you know, like I said, the, the, I have moved on, uh, played for many different teams ever uh, after that and uh, went back to Europe and, you know, had a couple of interesting years here, interesting seasons. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and uh, like I said, but definitely uh, the Indiana season remains the highlight of my career, uh, in my opinion, for sure. Yeah, I, I love that. And the fact that what you were able to do in such a short time here and make the most of it, I'm wondering the fact you were able to not just make it to the NBA, but play three seasons. Um, how much w- was that a goal of yours from the beginning and, and being able to accomplish that and, and say you were able to do that in your career um, further your experience as a professional basketball player, which started, I think when you were 16, by the way. Yeah. 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 In Europe, you really start young. <laughs> if you're, if you're good at a young age, they, they throw you in the fire very 
quite quite early. Uh, but I mean, you know, coming into the NBA, I really didn't have any expectations because, uh, when I signed the contract, uh, PG was still healthy. Uh, you know, there was really no indication that I was going to get any playing time at all. Uh, it's not like anyone promised anything. I was just happy to be here. And, uh, I knew, I knew the contract was there guaranteed for two years with an option for third year. Uh, so, you know, in my mind, obviously I was trying to stay as long as I could, but the harsh reality of the NBA is that once you get traded, after your first year uh, in the league, you know, things really get rough because you end up in a team that didn't really draft you. You know, they, they don't have a lot of interest in you uh, as they would in an in a actual free agent that they signed and acquired. Uh, so that was kind of my uh, situation with Minnesota. But uh, I was fortunate enough to, to be treated well over there. Like I said, uh, got a chance to learn from uh, Professor Andre Miller, you know, play with Ricky Rubio, <laughs> yeah. Nemanja Bielica. Um, you know, who else was there? Uh, Kevin Martin, um, you know, a uh, sharpshooter, uh, Kevin Garnett. And um, it was it was good, but uh, it was definitely hard because I wasn't sure if, you know, they were going to keep me, if they have any interest in me playing. And But I kind of made it through a year and then became a free agent. And then when Frank Vogel called me uh, again, it was really a sign of huge respect for me and a huge boost uh, just knowing that a coach of that level uh, really trusts me and wants me, uh, you know, on his side, by his side and on his team. It meant the world to me. So uh, so I was fortunate enough to, you know, uh, live that third year also and, you know, get some get some great benefits uh, while playing in Orlando. And, uh, and that, was, that was pretty much it. I mean, I definitely didn't, uh, how can I say, once I started playing well with the Pacers and I felt like I belonged in the NBA, like I... I can I can make a name for myself here and uh, definitely uh, match up well with with anybody. I really didn't feel like inferior. Uh, once my three points that shot started going in, I really felt super confident. And at one point around I think February or March, I think I even led the whole league in three point percentage, uh, something like that. So you know that gave me a huge boost to confidence, thinking that you know okay I could really you know stay here for for quite some time. And you can't have enough shooters in the league. Pacers could use a couple more right now, and so that's why I, <laughs> I thought, yeah, you were just hitting your stride. Pacers could use that. And nonetheless, um, I'm I'm curious, what was it like being a pro starting at 16? Obviously, it enables you to start getting paid. It allows you you to travel a lot, but you probably miss out on some stuff at home. Maybe some friendships. School's probably a little bit different for you. Uh, what was that experience like for you? Yeah, well, uh, you know, first of all, it's. Uh very valuable for for a young kid to start playing with seniors at that age because you start playing against grown men uh, and you know their bodies are, are different than <laughs> you playing against you know kids your age so once you get hit in the screen and you know once you receive an elbow or two from you know old cats that you know have no respect for for the young high school kid uh you start looking at things differently and you it kind of makes you grow up faster uh, and I really felt like that that benefited me a lot later on in my career. Uh, so um, you know, a lot of guys in Europe that that kind of uh, stand out when they're young, they get thrown in the fire early. And I was fortunate enough to be one of those guys. And uh, and yeah, I, what can I say? I mean, it's, it wasn't easy. Mm -hmm. You know, kids of your age are going out into their first you know first dates, first going outs, first parties, uh, or whatever. But you're you know you're getting ready for the game, but. Uh, ever since I started playing, you know, when I was seven or eight years old, I kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do. And I was all in, dedicated, really fully 
with no exception and I was very happy with the level of my discipline and the way I, I treated my you know something that would be my job uh, at that time it still wasn't but I kind of treated it like it is even though I wasn't still getting paid for it um, you know at that time in my career. We're recording this. You're back home in, in Croatia. I'm curious with this extra time, one might think to travel, but obviously we're all still kind of going through that pandemic and COVID. Describe what things are like over there. What's an everyday things like for, for you and others um, in Croatia and the challenges that might still exist? Uh, well, the biggest problem we have here right now is that uh, a lot of people you know, refuse to get vaccinated. Uh, so that's kind of the issue. Uh, there's a lot of protests going on because... Uh, they want to implement COVID, pla- COVID passports and kind of, you know, proof that you either got vaccinated or, uh, you know, had COVID. So uh, there's a lot of turmoil uh, in that regard. and People are really unhappy with how the government is handling things. But um, unfortunately, the numbers are increasing day by day. But, uh, you know, we're hoping it's going to get better soon. The more people get vaccinated. Um, and that's pretty much it. I mean, you don't have to wear a mask outside. You do have to wear it in kind of, you know, public public places, common sure. areas and stuff like that at work. But uh, um, overall, not an ideal situation. In terms of travel, I, I have a lot of friends that still travel. And, you know, it's, it, it goes on without a lot of problems. And, and of course, uh, it's still a hassle to get tested every once in a while and um, having to carry your, your, your COVID passport. But, um, you know, we'll see. Uh, they're saying that's the new normal, right? So, I mean, <laughs> might as well get adjusted to it and, uh, and act accordingly. You watch the NBA much? You keep up with the coming and going of what's going on right now in the league? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, I start my day uh, start my day off watching the highlights, you know, with breakfast and um, not a lot of games that I can really watch just because of the time difference. So I try to keep up in the morning, uh, you know, after uh, the games are over. Uh, but for, I, I had a good fortune of uh, catching uh, the early game last night. Uh, for example, Utah and Miami. That was a hell of a game. I watched the whole game. Uh, didn't go to sleep early, uh, so I had a rough day with my with my daughter this this today uh, for that. But uh, but overall, yeah, whenever I can, I use the opportunity to watch it. What's it like being a dad? Just a great feeling. Uh, yeah, it's it's really something different. You know, it's uh, it's fantastic. It brought a lot of blessing and joy to our lives, and we're very happy about it. And uh, you know, definitely def- definitely want to have some more kids. <laughs> Love to hear that, Damo. Thanks so yeah. much for the time. Congrats on reaching this decision. It can't be easy, especially when you're young, thirty five, and you kind of have to close one chapter. But look forward to following what's next, whether it's coaching or or whatever else you might get into. Yes, well, thank you so much for making the time for me and, uh, you know, also to you, Scott, for always treating me with great, even when we were together in Indy, and it's always a pleasure to talk to you. 